This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. We have uh, kind of postulated a building with the following characteristics. So, so this is a class A building with 500 units. Just to make it simple, average rent, 1500 bucks. You know, normally you're gonna have different layouts and different mm-hmm. rents, but we're just gonna say 1500 bucks. You've got an expense ratio of 45%, which means basically 45, whatever your rents that you're taking in, 45% of that is going to expenses. We're not talking about debt, that's different. We're, we're just talking about this on an operating basis. Mm-hmm. And this is good. This is the exit cap rate is 4% in the market. So, and we assume a 5% vacancy rate, right? Which is just kind of normal underwriting, right? Yep. So. Uh, maybe more, maybe less, but just for underwriting, you're going to assume that. So let's see what happens. This is our base case, right? So at five percent, your your top line rent roll is seven fifty a month or nine nine million a year. You've got five percent vacancy, which is four fifty. So this is your effective rent here per year, eight five five zero. Okay, your expenses come out to a little less than four million. So your your net operating income here is, you know, four point seven million, and at a four percent cap rate. That implies a price of over $117 million for this asset, okay? Now, let's just see what happens when you start changing some of these assumptions. Yeah, and and when we do this, this is what I'm trying to paint this picture for folks. So pretend like this is a December 2019 deal, right? COVID's nowhere to be found. Everybody believes the urban core is the best place to be. Class A, nothing can go wrong. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come in at 4%. I know it's low, but I'm going to be good because there's rent growth. Millennials don't want to go anywhere. Blah, 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 blah. The world is right. good. And what the people buying that are probably assuming is that uh, the number here that's going to change is this number right here, this 1500 Correct. Bucks, number two, yep. Right? So they're assuming that this is going to go to 1600 and let's just see what happens when, if they're right. Mm-hmm. Now you've added, by raising your rents 100 bucks a month, you've added $8 million to the value of your property. Congratulations, you're a millionaire. Yeah, yeah. so uh, but let's go back to 1500, all right? Our base case. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's just see what happens if you get just a little bit of vacancy, right? So let's just say your vacancy now spikes up to 7%. Okay. Now, you know, you've lost $2 million off the top. Right. Your, your NOI is off by $100,000 and you lost $2 million of value at a 4% cap rate, mm-hmm. okay? Um, let's take that back to five. Let's see what happens if your expense ratio goes up mm-hmm. and we're gonna do these in isolation and we'll do them together. So okay. let's just see what happens if your expense ratio goes up to 50% because now you've got more turns or maybe labor yeah. costs more or you know who knows what, some, some kind of inflation. Could is easily hit. happen. Could easily happen. Oh, so, right. So you've lost $10 million of value by having 5% more expense, <laughs> right? You've lost 500 K of NOI yep. and that translates at a four cap to, uh, to a 10 million, $11 million loss yep. of value. Right. So let's take this back to 45%. And now let's just see what happens when you, when your cap, the cap rate moves against. Well, I should so, do rent first. I do. Oh, rent. Okay. Let's just, let's just say, 
that rent goes down 50 bucks on average, right? You've lost 4 million of value just from that, right? Cause your, your NOI has dropped by a couple hundred thousand dollars. Mm -hmm. That's just for a 50, you know, for a small, yep. you know, a small rent decline. All right. So that's about 3% rent decline. Okay. All right. Now let's see what happens with cap rates. Mm -hmm. Now, right now I've got a 4% cap and you know, you're expecting, uh, you know, this is not going to change much over, over time, but let's see what happens if it does. So if you just go up one point to 5%, everything else being held evil, equal, what happens to your, to the value of your property? You lose oh, 20, million, $20 million, 23 million bucks, 23 million bucks by having the cap rate go up by one point. So let's talk about let's talk about that because I got a lot of heat when I did my math because obviously cap rate has a disproportionate impact. They're like, yeah. ask Jonathan, is is there can that happen? Blah blah blah. And again, cap rate is essentially uh, it, it's a measure of risk. And if the yeah. urban core is deteriorating, it more crime, not as clean, less people. It is very reasonable to think a cap rate might go up at least for a couple of years. Yeah, is it not? Yeah, and and it and they do like cap rates compress and decompress yeah right and um and and what happens during a frenzy is you know usually there is a a point or so spread between the classes hmm. so you could plot it out sort of on a nine box grid right where you're okay, yep if you think about like so the if you've got primary market class a mm -hmm. right yep that and you, and then you've got you know so class A you've got primary market secondary market tertiary market and you've got ABC got it right so with nine box grid if you the starting with the class uh, A primary market you're gonna in normal times you're gonna get the next box over class A tertiary market you're gonna get one point higher cap rate class ter, uh, sorry secondary market tertiary market so one point each and then down the thing. So class A, class B, class C, you're going to get basically a point spread mm. within the same market usually, or sometimes more. Okay. So by the time you get down to, if you go from class A primary market to class C tertiary market, you're now talking a pretty big spread between yeah. those, you know, it's not going to be a nine point spread, but you know, it's going to be, there could, there's probably about a four point spread overall cap rate wise mm -hmm. to account for the risk of class C tertiary market. However, what happens in a frenzy like we've been in is it all compresses yes. so that the cap, so the cap rates compress at every stage, but they also converge on each other more. Yes, they do. So, so what actually happens is that class C tertiary market property becomes more and more risky because you're buying it at less and less of a discount to the best properties out there. Right. And mm -hmm. so what'll happen is when the things go in reverse, there's a flight to quality, which means that, you know, so ri risk, the, the cap rate is essentially a reflection of risk appetite. Yes, right? correct. The lower the cap rate, the less risky people feel the market is. Mm -hmm. As they feel it's more risky, they're going to want to get more of a premium for that dollar of investment. So what will happen is you'll see cap rates decompress at every stage, but they'll also decouple a bit from each other too. So that the that compression that convergence on each other is going to deconverge 
and the, starting with the risk, the perceived riskiest assets, which are going to be those C-class assets and tertiary markets, are going to decompress more, mm-hmm. and that spread is going to is going to widen out again, which then is going to make it a great time to buy those properties again. But for the people who bought at the top when they were paying, you know, they could have got a you know a class A property in a primary market for four cap, and they're and they have only paid. And they got, you know, they paid a five and a half cap to get a C deal in a C market, mm-hmm. right? Those people are the ones who are going to get really whacked if they have to refinance or they have to reset, they have to sell, yep. uh, you know, while the market is in that decompression phase. So anyway, so, so that does, so the answer, this is a long way of answering your question, but there is cap rate decompression. It happens in every market cycle. There's compression, decompression, and, and really sophisticated investors, the real value add game back you know five years ago was you wanted to buy an asset at a certain cap rate and move it up to another class so that you could take advantage you could force cap rate you know compression by improving the asset exactly right now you know it value it's everything is so compressed already yeah there's not much variability there's not much variability in there but that was kind of like the real it's coming strategy it's coming again, but, but you have to be able to buy at a discount in the first place for it to work. Right? Yeah. So, but anyway, so this is just what happens when you get a little bit of cap rate decompression. You can see that just moving up and one point move in, in cap rates, this is completely, you know, completely normal. Yeah, I, I, like, I agree. I, I'll, I'll show you, I'll show you just like a real world example. So Atlanta, yep. right? all right. Atlanta at the top of the market, the last cycle, you were buying class A at like about a four and a half cap rate, right? Okay. So that implies $104 million for this deal. Mm-hmm. But at, at the end of cap rate decompression, it was at 6.1. So let's see where that takes you. 70, 20, $30 million move. Yeah. Because again, of a, yeah. If you have to refi in that, you're, you're toast. There's no equity left. Yep. It's a one and a half point, just a one and a half point move. And, and again, this um, is absolutely possible when we have historical it's, examples. Yeah, it's, this, this is what happens, right? Well, I just want imagine. that. I want you to say that because people gave me grief and said, talk to Jonathan. Well, yeah, I mean, people have been fooled into thinking this can't happen again. Yes. Well, they've been, they've been, I wouldn't say fooled. They've been lulled into thinking this can't happen again. And usually the argument goes something like this. Interest rates are going to stay low forever. Mm-hmm. So The system is awash in cash. Cap rates will stay low forever. However, let's... Exactly. You know know how low interest rates were around here? Yep. They're like where they are now, right? And you had you had cap rate decompression going on in this period because people were moving out and and uh this vacancy spike happened Mm -hmm. and investors got felt riskier. You know, they were they were less uh inclined to buy this stuff. And so this is this is what this is what happens. In real life, right? Interest rates only matter that that relationship only matters when in the upswing. Yeah, and like, again, what I what I'm pointing at here is is all of this is an assumption that basically is built around millennials only want to rent, they want to be downtown, they don't want to own homes, it's too risky or whatever. All of this, all the people that were giving me grief are not realizing that the consumer. The consumer, the renter of Class A urban, is changing, and it's changing quickly. And it's been going on to your point for years, which I miss. But now, boy, the gasoline is on; it is accelerating, yeah. and the numbers are going to be ugly for a while. It was—I mean, it was—it was a 
a trend that was not really noticeable before, but it had started, right? Mm-hmm. But now it's really getting, this has caused it to kick into high gear. All the people who are procrastinating, uh, you know, and frankly, yeah. with, with interest rates dropping as low as they have, it's poured fuel on the fire just, and we, I lived this story. This is exactly what happened right yep. here, right? Interest rates were, you know, reduced to basically zero and everybody who ran out and was buying a house, right? Exactly. They just I weren't buying them in the suburbs necessarily, but they were buying, they were buying houses like crazy. And so now let's, but now let's talk about. Yeah. What I want to show real- folks is how easy a, a class A building that you think is Uber or very safe could be worth 50% less very quickly. Right. So it's a now the thing, the thing that you have to understand is that all these things will move together, mm-hmm. right? So exactly. that's, you know, because if, if rents stay the same and vacancy stays the same and expenses stay the same, right? You know, people's risk appetite may change a little bit, but it's not going to change margin, that much. Yeah, exactly. So maybe this is going to move up a little bit. To, sorry, that should, you know, that, that you can't really see that, but that's, uh, where's my thing? Uh, that's four and a half percent. Now, yeah. Right? You can see four and a half percent. So it's going to, it's going to move a little bit. And chances are like, you're basically riding this out, right? You're, mm-hmm. Yeah. You're to refinance, you're cool. But here's, here's what happens. Usually this number is going to move because these other mo- numbers are moving. Exactly. Right? So what's going to ha- let's just say your vacancy starts to climb, right? And let's mm-hmm. just say it gets bad. It goes up to eight, like we've seen it's possible. Yeah. That what's also going to happen then is your effective rent is right. going to decline because you're going to be making concessions, right? Absolutely. To try to get people in. So Manhattan is 10%, San Francisco is 20% yeah. already. So even if the rents, even if the top line rents don't drop because landlords really hate dropping the top line rent, mm-hmm. they're going to give concessions. So maybe you're getting two months off, right? Yeah. So that's, that's, you know, let's just say that you're, it's tw- it equals 10% decline in your effective rent. So now you're down to thirteen fifty. Yep. Right. There's another ten million lost mm-hmm. in value, and now oh, oh we're that's not done going, yet. Expense ratio. Yeah. Let's say your expense ratio now starts climbing because you're just yeah. doing more turns. Exactly. Whatever's happening, right? Mm-hmm. You've lost another ten million, and now this is all. This is going to be now reflected in the uh, the risk appetite of investors, yep. and this is going to move up to let's just say. Five and a half percent. Okay. Right. Now you're down from $120 million asset to a $67 million asset. You are, your mortgage, let's just say if you mortgage, it was 75% before mm-hmm. uh, on your $120 million deal, right? That was not, not in the 90s. Now you're like underwater by $30 million. And if you are unfortunate and have to refi this deal right at this time, you are, there's, you, you can't, no, you would have to raise, you know, $30 million just to pay off the debt. But of course, nobody's going to give you $30 million to put into this in a property that's now worth. Well, you would need, in reality, you would need 50 million, right? Because you would have to refi it. They would do an LTV of the new value. That's true. Right. So so it's 50 million. Yeah. There's no chance. You're going to hand the keys back. Yeah. So exactly. So you're just, you're just walking away from this because you can't make it survive. So again, all the money you raised from all your friends, right? Gone, right? Uh, the bank has to take a big haircut. That's why I think the loan loss reserves that the banks are taking is not so much for uh, single family homes because they're just treating them different. It's all this commercial stuff. Oh yeah. It just got compressed. And we just walked through very 
not even crazy moves. A 10% drop in effective rents, we're already seeing it. Uh, expense ratio increasing 5%, I've, I've seen worse. Uh, yes. Vacancies up a couple of points. Man, just wait, especially when all the inventory comes on. Oh my God. And then all of that to your last point leads to a higher required cap rate. Yeah, e easy. So your math is very similar to mine. You could take a building worth 120 and bring it down to 70 very logically. Yeah, I mean, and look, this won't happen to, I mean, this for hopefully for most people, this will just be on paper. This 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 number yeah. won't come to bite them, right? But- It's gonna bite some. But it'll bite some who have to refinance right in that, in that period. Mm -hmm. And even coming out of it, you know, let's just say that now they, you know, you've gone on a couple of years uh, and, and you've climbed back and now you're back to say like, you know, back up to 6%, you, you kind of got your rents back up to, you know. Yeah, a little bit. Just yeah. down by a little bit, right? And and maybe, you know, you're still you're still way underwater, right? Yeah, even if you took and, it to five, even if you got halfway back. Yeah, and if you get to, yeah, you know, you're still back to five cap, you're still, you're <laughs> you're still, still underwater. underwater. Yeah. I mean, you're under the loan. That's not even underwater. You're under the loan amount. Yeah. No. So I mean, you've got you've got your your equity is gone, and you have your building is worth less than the debt. On the, Folks, on the I'm going to be buying as many single family homes the next three years so that I can 1031 into commercial buildings, uh, because this is happening. This is happening. It doesn't happen overnight. It happens over quarters, over quarters. And the, again, commercial lending forces some of this because it's short. You know, you can do bridge financing or the debt forces reevaluation. There's going to be so many technical defaults, right? Because isn't part of the, the paper say you have to be yeah. at some loan ratio? There'd be, there would oh, be yeah. technical defaults everywhere. Yeah. And they'll, they'll be there. Sponsors will be removed from operating the asset. Oh. Even if there, even if there's no, uh, there's no foreclosure because yeah. the banks have the power to remove the sponsor if the, if the asset's not performing. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, we're going to see, Banks have the power to replace the management company, right? So yep. uh, we're going to see a lot of things like that happening. Um, now, now, let's just, let's tell the happy story though. Okay. Let's, so now let's say what happens if you're able to now buy this asset. Well, let's bring it down to where we were because that's that's exactly yeah. what I did last time, right? So let's go at the top so again, So we're right? 5.5, right. yeah, yeah and we're at, we're at 13.50, yep. 50, all right. So- and now it's just, were eight, sorry, just so we can get back to where we were. Oh, yeah, yeah. So if you're buying, and this is where a lot of people, now, when you hear the story, oh, multifamily does well in a recession, a, a lot of the assets were bought like this. Exactly. In 2005, 2006, when everybody was buying single family homes, right? Mm -hmm. Because this this is what the numbers looked like. Yeah. Right? It, you were up at 8% vacancy, right? People were... They weren't underwriting a lot of rent growth because... And you know what? So let's just be honest with each other. What's going to happen when this... Because this will happen. Yeah. More and more people are going to start hearing multifamily. They're going to hear about bankruptcies and millionaires becoming... Or billionaires becoming millionaires. They're going to hear all this and they're going to run away. They won't touch multifamily. And right. then guys like you and I will come in and scoop these assets up for... And that's that's why the cap rate rises, right? Exactly. Because everybody, everybody is like... Is, Runs is away. frightened. But the really sophisticated money is going to look at these numbers... And they're going to say, gosh, I, this asset was trading at 117 two yep. years ago, right? <laughs> a lot of people will look at this and say, oh my God, how much farther is it going to fall? Yeah. But that's, that's the kind yeah, of like, that's, that's the retail investor mindset. Like, oh my God, it just fell by 50%. It could go to zero. Whereas, <laughs> yeah, whereas the sophisticated investor will look at it and say, it's now been de-risked. 
it's fallen yeah. by fifty percent. Maybe it'll, it'll go a little bit. Maybe it'll 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 you know like there'll be there's a little more to go. But basically, I know I'm gonna I'm gonna go buy this with ten year paper. Yep. And I know well, that ten years from now, this is gonna be worth more. So let's just go this, back. Well, and hold say, on. This is what I said when I was buying apartments at these kind of prices, not these numbers, but yeah. these ratios. Is I couldn't build it for that price. Right. Right. right? Right. In this case, the guy could, the guy, you know, smart, smart money is going to say, I couldn't build that thing for 80 million. I might as well pick it up for 67. Yeah. And, and this is, and right now we're in exactly the opposite situation exactly. where, where, you know, the, the logic is if you can't find, if you can't buy it for the price that you want to buy it at, you should build it. And so that's, that's why people, that is today. Yes. So, so that's where we have been today, although that's about to change. <laughs> that's um, but if you're, if you're then in the situation where you can buy for these prices, Right, then you don't really need very much to start, you know, to start making money. So let's just say that this is the price you're able to buy it at. Right? Okay, so I'm gonna knot it down because this is gonna go. This is gonna climb up just like it fell. Yeah. So, it starts so let's at just 67. say let's just say you just are able to. Economy yeah. starts getting a little bit better. Vacancies will fall. Your vacancy first. starts to fur. Yeah, exactly. So you're down to seven percent vacancy, right? Yep. You've added a million, a million bucks, bucks already, yep. right? Yep. And you start moving up. You move to six. You're now up by another couple million bucks just mm -hmm. just on vacancy, right? Yeah, which will you happen. Down, yeah. You get down to your five, right? That's the signal that you start raising rents. Exactly. Right. So once you're down at five, then because five is kind of where you want to be, yeah, really for vacancy. So five's the running average. Now yeah. let's just take it up to twenty five dollars a month. Another just, million bucks. You're another million bucks. Another twenty five. Another million bucks, bucks right? Four. And you're just you're just. Yep. Moving up. And as this goes up, right, let's take it back to 15. As this goes up, what's going to happen? All the people who have been sitting on the sidelines are going to start saying, oh, look at multifamily. Exactly. So now your cap rate is going to go to five. Exactly. Right? And boom, there's boom. 8 million bucks. Right. Now you're four and a half. There's now 10 million. Five, right. Yeah. And now we get back down to four at the top of the cycle. <laughs> and here you are. And that's, you know, we, we still have the same expense ratio. We haven't yeah, changed that. No I don't think that's going to change much, but that's you've gone from in a in a couple of years. Yeah, you have with the wind at your back. The market has taken you from sixty seven. Yep, to basically one hundred seven. So forty million bucks. Yeah, easy. That's how it works, and that's you know obviously timing is difficult. But when you the signal is, you know, when you see the cap rates rising, and when you see people complaining about multifamily or yeah. saying it's too risky or it's not a good asset to own or yeah. whatever that's and this, and this is what the rich or the smart money will do they'll they'll manage this was this is probably a three-year journey right getting rents yeah. to back where they were vacancies down but then what happens well you refi the building and you take all your cash back and now you're into the building for zero yeah and and this is this is why we have seen this massive buildup of cash on the sidelines because people have been waiting for exactly this scenario to happen because they know that it's going to happen and they know that the the latecomer operators and buyers are the ones who get slaughtered and they're going to be able to buy those assets super cheap right so there you know there have been people who have been telling me oh well the market can only fall by 10% <laughs> because there's so much money on the sidelines those that money is not waiting for the 10% discount because it knows what the scenario it knows how little has to change exactly for the real bargains to to occur right so they're not looking for the 10% cap rate, you know, decompression that happens, they're looking for that spike in 
in vacancy, right? And the, the declines in rent and the combination of those things that then is going to force a cap rate reevaluation. And yeah. when the cap rates get pushed up, that's when you're really going to see. Uh, yeah. So I am, uh, I am standing by my thoughts from earlier in the week. I've now validated with Jonathan. They're at least possible that the uh, urban core class A in big cities, not, uh, not the riskiest riskless asset yeah. that we I all mean, thought they were. This, this could have, this is a scenario that is not, this is a plausible scenario. Let's put yeah, it that way. Possible. Right? Yeah. Whether it happens or not, uh, we don't know, but this is, this is not, as you see, we didn't have to change much to, to, to really crash the value of that asset. And it really, so, to me, it all starts with that assumption that we were making that the, this time is going to prove wrong. The millennial always is going to rent. That is, no. that, is the, that is the first domino that causes all of these things to change, in my opinion. Yeah, well, I mean, and look, even if it's not that, I mean, just with unemployment and everything going up. True. We've I know. Seen, yeah, that's true. You know, I, I wish I wish we could get this with an overlay of the unemployment rate, but you can just assume that in these blue bands you have a big jump in unemployment, for sure. right? And so vacancy goes up. This is the thing that I've always I just been scratching my head for years as I've heard people say, "Oh, in recessions, it's mm -hmm. great for multifamily." Because so I'm like, on, on the basis of what? People don't have jobs. Yeah. How are they supposed to pay rent, right? Exactly. So, uh, and and this just show the data is there. All you have to do is look at the data, and it will tell you. Uh, yeah. You know, so. Um, oh, very cool, man. This has been so much fun for me. I'm glad we were able to go through this and, I, and I'm glad I wasn't way off. It is possible. That was, that was a big deal for me. So thank you. It's just math. You can do math. I can't, can but I was starting to, I was starting to wonder if maybe my assumptions were wrong. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, I I've been through that too. After hearing enough from other people that, oh, multifamily does well in a recession or, you know, better in a recession, even here, I was like, started scratching my head and it's like, this can't be true. So I went and talked to my property manager who's been in the business for 40 years. <laughs> and I said, look, I, I just, I need a reality check. Cause I'm just hearing so much <laughs> noise. What, you know, does multifamily do better in a recession? He just sort of laughed at me, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> so. Very, very cool. Yeah. Well, do I appreciate you doing this, Jonathan. Thank you very much. You have a wonderful week. You too, Michael. Thank you.